0: welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david Bax. and thank you for listening david yes how you doing we're almost there we have the soundproof padding (laughs) yes
1: it's there on my desk this is the uh saga of the last few months on the podcast is actually getting this room to be more of a podcast studio. Uh, Just
0: when we settled into my room at the old house, I then up and moved to
1: the three years
0: later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. But we have the soundproof padding. We don't have the adhesive strips that we need to hang them (laughs) yet. Nor do we have the rug to absorb. So my voice is still going to be, echoey this
0: episode just bear with us we could unpack them and move them to the middle of the table and maybe that would I, help i don't think that would help oh okay all right um, you, yeah. you were the sound guy in in high school not me yeah that's true i was um, the mirror i was the mirror actor
1: the, the mirror because i had to have the sound soundproof padding sent to me at work and the yeah. mirror room guy brought it up to my my desk and he said you
0: got a pillow <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, i like his enthusiasm that uh, yeah he's,
1: he a he's a he's a new guy in the mirror room and i like when he (laughs) Brings me
0: mail. (laughs) I'll send you some stuff um, (laughs) just so that you can interact with him more. Um. All right. We got, we got stuff to get to. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So, first off, this episode is brought to you by MUBI, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, MUBI's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only eight ninety nine a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Okay, so... Currently, Mubi is presenting a Harmony Korine double feature. Corrine has been a cult hero of American cinema for two decades now, and his film Mr. Lonely shows his gift for oddball beauty and unique understanding of celebrity and outcasts. Also available, available is his horrendously titled Trash Humpers mm-hmm. uh, about a group of elderly sociopaths in Nashville, Tennessee. I've not seen Trash Humpers, did you?
1: No, but I like okay. Harmony Korine. I don't know if you've been uh, doing any of the... Um because uh, it's March Madness right now, which means everyone has to make their own bracket for everything. Sure, there's been a lot of film related bra- brackets. Someone, I've seen them, and they bother me. Um, that, well, here's what bothers me, uh, and I'm the eight umpteenth person to say it, but you have there's a reason that like uh, when the NCAA tournament when the bracket is made, there's seeding. Mm-hmm. You know, you put the number one against the number sixteen, so you don't right. have two great teams eliminated like eliminating one another. Do you know what I mean? Eliminating yes. one in the first round. Yes. And apparently, so these people can make these things. So this was unconscionable to me. Okay. I loved that someone made one of uh, A24 releases. I did see that, yes. Spring Breakers versus a ghost story in the first round. It was pretty rough. Yeah, Sophie's Choice over here. Yeah. Yeah, I went with a ghost story, but I don't feel great about it. I could have just as easily gone with Spring
0: Breakers. I love Spring Breakers. It's so what, what should the they, point is? Uh, well, the point I'm saying here: if they'd done a Ghost Story and Enemy, you'd be a lot happier about it.
1: Yeah, I think they did Bling Ring and uh, Bling Ring and Enemy, which is I picked Bling Ring, but like that's more as closer to a coin toss. Yeah, it should be.
0: I guess so. Uh, I like Bling Ring.
1: Um, so do I. But as uh, uh, yeah, you're I think a bigger Sofia Coppola fan than I am. But even I, yes. as a Sofia Coppola p- fan, I don't consider it one of her best movies. Hmm.
0: Uh, as we'll a, talk about that as that I'm a Watson fan uh, she's great she sure is yeah BP nominee by the way um, uh, okay now all right, uh, so uh, listeners those films uh, once again Mr. Lonely and Trash Humpers damn it Harmony Corinne, I don't like saying that all right, moving on. But they are available right now on Mubi, and there is a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. Uh, you can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to com. Mubi.com, that's m u b i dot com slash Battleship to redeem now, or you can go to com and click on the ad.
1: Um, thank you for bearing with the word trash humpers and saying it. Um, it is. I don't have any problem putting.
0: with it, but in return... I'll tell you what. Okay.
1: When Captain Underpants is on movie, I'll read the copy because I hate saying that word. (laughs) I know you do. Yes. uh,
0: (laughs) But you know what? I think you're going to be okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Now I want to tell you about, uh, tweaked which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great and they sound great. Tyler and I both use them each and every day of our lives today. New music from one of my favorite, uh, 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 synth pop bands, uh, of, of, the modern era churches. That's churches with a V instead of a U, but it's pronounced churches. Uh, they're not a black metal band, which is what I thought the first okay. time that I saw that name. that's a uh, reason anyway. Um, so yeah, that's what I was using to ru- rock out to the new churches jam. Uh Now where I,
0: were you when you were uh doing this? I was at work. Oh, you were rocking out at work. That's what I do all day every day. Wow. All right. <laughs> where do you think I am? I don't know. I li- like I'm not in this position to like listen to like uh, my tweaked audio earbuds except when I'm like at the grocery store or sure. something like that. Right. So yeah. I rock out at the grocery store. I rock out at the grocery store too. Okay. I rock out uh, Pretty much where, wherever, yeah, you yeah.
1: Each and every place that I go, yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, I rock out all day long at work. Okay. Um,
0: anyway, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll ask the the male guy like, hey. Does David rock out when you walk up and give him his mail? <laughs> so anyway, okay.
1: And I, I'm not done yet.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, sorry. All
1: the, so these, these earbuds are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
0: Okay. Tether, you had something you wanted to say. Hmm? Oh, I don't recall. Oh, I was saying uh, something, something along the lines of we have a guest. Let me see if I can recall exactly what I was going to say. Let's get to our guest. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is very exciting. Um, listeners know that I've, uh, I've been a fan of uh, Cracked for a while, and our, our guest today, he is the current. Czar of podcasting, that's what I like to say. Uh, Alex Schmidt. Alex, how
2: you doing? I'm okay. Thank you, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah. Thank you for uh, following the site. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, <you're welcome. laughs>
2: so, Alex, uh, tell us about yourself.
0: Where, well, David, I'll let you ask.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Where are you from? I am from, I'm from Glen Ellen, Illinois. It's west of Chicago, about 45 minute drive or by a uh, Metra train. Shout out to Metra. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, and I uh, grew up there my, uh, my whole childhood. Right. And how long have you been in Los Angeles? I've been in LA. Uh, it, it's interrupted, but I've been here about five years. Okay, um, and then there was a chunk of time in New York in between, mostly in Brooklyn. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. All right. So you've hit all the major population centers.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta go live in Houston for a while. That's next. I'm very urban. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all <laughs> about the big cities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> is is Houston number four?
2: Well,
1: for now, it is. It is expected that after the next census. Um,
2: Yeah, isn't it like Houston, Atlanta, Dallas, something like that? Houston will
1: overtake Chicago as the third most populous city in the United States. No. That is... Projected.
0: We'll, we'll see. Fucking not, Rahm Emanuel. I we're knew not going
1: to get. Uh, well, well, maybe said that with the citizenship question on the census, uh, it'll uh. it'll discourage responses enough that maybe Houston will stay.
0: Fair enough.
2: Yes. Yeah. I don't know what what you were saying. That, I suddenly like started rooting for Chicago's population. Like it's a sports team. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's opening day today, and baseball's <laughs> on my mind. and I'm like I'm very uh, focused on everything as sports now. Yeah. 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 Uh, Wh- a White Sox fan, by the way.
1: Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, because yeah. I'm a Cards fan, even though they they lost today uh, in their, their first game oh. against the Mets. They should have hit a billion home runs
0: like the White Sox. That's a that better strategy.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, oh, thank is, God you're a White Sox fan. I did not,
0: <laughs> I did not know that thing about uh, Houston overtaking Chicago. That genuinely bums me out. I have nothing against Texas except, uh, you know, screw them. <laughs> I, I didn't live there.
1: Uh, I've never been to Houston except
0: that I've been to their, their airport multiple times. Yes. And I like, it's a delightful airport. I like the Dallas
2: airport. You know what? We can't, we, we, our guest isn't here to talk airports unless he is. Would I don't you know, like you to talk know, airports? What's your favorite airport? Actually, uh, I have one. It's Raleigh Durham. Raleigh Durham oh, has I a fantastic airport. It has a secondhand bookstore, oh. which is like, you wouldn't think an airport could do that. Cause like who brings their books to sell to an airport, but it, yeah. somehow they do it. It's great. That's, that's great. Odd, but that's yeah. kind of awesome
0: because it's, you know, you hear about like the airport book uh, and now you can buy it for like, you know, a quarter or something like that. Yeah. Probably yeah. a yeah. bit more. Yeah.
1: My favorite airport, I think it was Minneapolis, St. Paul for a while, just because they were the first one I went to where in like the common waiting area, if you wanted food or a drink, you didn't have to go. They had like iPads at every station. Mm. So you could like sit there. You could play you could fuck around on the iPad or whatever, or and you could also order like a drink and a sandwich or whatever to be brought directly to you while you're waiting for your flight. Mm. Which now I've seen at multiple airports, but Minneapolis St. Paul was the first one. Wow. So I was a big fan of them, so I followed them on Twitter for a while and they followed <laughs> me back. And then I, I think at one point Ooh. I realized they weren't following me anymore. So Aww. I unfollowed them. <laughs> I got real petty with uh with Minneapolis Saint Paul.
2: Yeah. <laughs> manipulated by MSP, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, oh, it is MSP. Boy, MSP. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, you've been to that airport? I obviously. have, yes, many times. My yeah. my wife is uh, is from that area and so I don't know when I'm going to be there next but probably within the next
2: year. Um, you know I think to I... make, to make this chunk probably longer than you want oh, two aer- two fossil tips for airports. Okay. Go to O'Hare airport. You got a Brachiosaurus skeleton from the field museum. You okay. go to CVG, which is Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky. They have like a bunch of ice age era, uh, skeletons of stuff like mammoth, giant ground sloth. That's okay. great.
0: This is nuts. I was yeah. literally about to say that when I was on that panel at the Mountaineer film festival in West Virginia, I think I had to fly into, I want to say Pittsburgh Maybe not. I don't remember. Yeah. But Whatever airport I flew into, uh, that I was going to mention that I liked it a lot because they had dinosaur skeletons there. They have it too. Yeah. Oh man. So Great. yeah. Boy, oh boy.
2: I don't think I remember uh, a brachiosaur at, uh, at O'Hare, but it's in the United terminal. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's it, it, Chicago's United's headquarters. And I think they like worked a deal with the museum. Got it. See there. back when, yeah.
1: well, when you and I lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. midway was the way to go. Cause yeah. midway at that point was the Burbank airport yes. <laughs> of Chicago, <laughs> yeah. but they've redone midway. And now it's just, another big airport yeah and also burbank is no longer the burbank because uh they figured it out and all the flights are too expensive long beach <laughs> is the new burbank los angeles <laughs> and then of course there's a uh, ontario about which out there? is yeah. way the hell out there yeah but long beach oh. is a uh, I love the Long Beach Airport so much. All right, so I w- we could just talk about. It. Yeah, we thank, thank you. Probably <laughs> thank
0: you yes. for indulging me there before. I really extended this a lot. It's perfectly fine. I do enjoy that sort of thing. I've been uh, <laughs> listeners know that I've been uh, driving for for Lyft to bring in a bit of uh, extra money, and uh, it has really gotten. I've I've come to know the city a lot more as a result. That just yesterday I I was driving around in Hawthorne and saw that they have a private airport mm-hmm. right by SpaceX. I didn't. Uh, I drove sure, by, yeah. by the SpaceX building, and I didn't know that that was. Uh, you gotta know this stuff. I I do need to know it. I don't know how often you know SpaceX employees are taking lifts, but yeah. you know. But I used to be a been. PA
1: in Marina del Rey. Oh and yeah, you yeah. would have to drive around that area, Hawthorne, El Segundo, all that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, all right, enough of all that. We could never talk about movies this episode
2: and just talk about <laughs> towns and airports. I'm just going to derail it into fossils as much as I can. Uh, that's, is that oh, cool? Is okay, that no, all right? No. you did get very specific when you said, like, hey,
0: for, you know, for fo- fossil news, is that a, a preoccupation of yours, fossils? I,
2: well, I, I like dinosaurs a lot. I just, I get a kick out of... The fact that there are any fossils in airports, it's <laughs> bonkers to me, because I, I grew up with O'Hare, so I'd be there all the time, and then they, I, that skeleton was in the Field Museum, and then suddenly it wasn't there anymore, and I was like, where did it go? And they were like, the airport, and I was like, no, it didn't, <laughs> what are you talking about? And then, and then I went to the uh, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky one recently, and I was like, there's more than one with fossils? It like, <laughs> is strange, because why I don't do know, you I don't
1: need, like... The fact that <laughs> planes fly out of here is already, like, a reason to come here. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, no one's, like, coming to the airport, like, well, I don't have to go anywhere, but let's go see that bronchiosaur.
2: Right. I mean, it's very limiting for, like, the community to see the stuff, I feel yeah. like. Because, like, you have to be flying to check out the skeleton. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it. Is it maybe a way for them to attract
0: visitors to the field museum? Because I think then it, yeah, they're yeah, like, I think oh, right. well, that's exactly what it is. Here's the thing, though. The thing that is most attracting them at that point is a, is guaranteed not to be at the field museum because it's at the airport. Are so they giving it a little taste? <laughs> a
2: taste? It's like All sometimes
1: right. when you fly into uh, MSY, which is New Orleans, got it. You have some li- live jazz in the airport. It's like saying, "Hey, you're here. There's m- plenty more of this in the city. Have you're some beignets." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, they're in between, they're actually shooting beignets out of the tuba. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: At you. And like, then it lands in people's mouths like a yeah. happy Gilmore subway ad, like just funk, like right there. Yeah.
0: Like a delicious t shirt can. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so you like
2: dinosaurs? On board, yes. Okay. Okay. 100%. Is Ross your favorite friend? I, I'm not that much of a Friends person. Neither am I. I've only seen a, cu- a couple of episodes. Oh, okay. I've seen more yeah. than that. My,
0: my wife is a big uh, Friends fan, so I've seen a, a handful, but she stopped wanting to watch Friends with me because Uh-oh. I was rather vocal in my dislike of it. Every once in a while, it's it's pretty funny. Like That cast eventually just really developed a nice uh, uh, chemistry, but uh, cool. for the most part, yeah. like, ugh.
1: Well, I'm glad did you, you, Ross isn't your favorite because uh, Ross is the worst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ross is my least favorite. All right. It's so wait, how not much, even close. How much friends have you seen? I've baby? seen,
1: I've seen enough to have uh, a okay. list. I was going to, Phoebe ask. is obviously the first number one. With oh, no, thank you. Phoebe. Number one, then probably Joey. Then I'm going to say Monica, then Rachel, then Chandler,
0: then eight miles of bad road. And then Ross, <laughs> You couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> it is astonishing to me. As you know, I have very little patience. I don't like watching movies or TV shows about just oafs. Like people <laughs> that are just dumb or just, and and Phoebe and Joey are the worst ones. No, they're not they're dumb. They're so stupid
1: but and they're flighty. So, but they're good hearted. That's, what, that's what's good about them. Joey might
2: be the dumbest, but of the three guys, he has the biggest heart who
1: cares
2: well so not to not to blow up your guys spot but like as i look at tyler there are approximately 17 seasons of friends over his shoulder on a shelf and so he feels very authoritative on this right now yeah Yeah, like i i don't know a lot about it and he's probably right i just feel like from the optics you know like i guess joey
0: does mean well but you know what Screw him! Like he just he messes things up so much for everybody else. <laughs> anyway, okay, so t- so we're on TV. We'll get to movies eventually, I assume. Whatever, who cares? We've been doing this eleven years. Who gives a shit?
1: Um, so uh, yeah, people know what we think about movies. Yeah, <laughs>
2: uh, at this point, you're he, pro, he, he ran you ran out of movies. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about them all. Oh, all right. So now well, it's just
1: <laughs> airports of <laughs> <and> towns, <laughs> yeah. street names like that. Uh, like that uh, Italian mob boss in The Sopranos, <laughs> Shore <Wilshire> Boulevard. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Tony, when they when they go to Rome, right? Yep they meet with, and they're supposed to meet with the Italian boss, but it turns out that his like daughter is really running things. Yes. Cause he's a senile old man mm. who just wants to talk about famous American. He's like Broadway, Wilshire Boulevard. That's all he
0: wants to do is talk about streets. I got to see the Sopranos again. You it's really been, do. I've seen it twice. It's been years since I've seen it, but, but yeah, now that we've run out of movies, thank God, ready, ready player one just came out. Cause now that gives me, you know, a, oh. co- a, a one movie to see and then talk about. <laughs> yeah. We can and top then, up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, so TV, what what kind of TV does an Alex Schmidt enjoy? Let's see. Um, lately, I've been watching a lot of Ken Burns stuff okay it's really i'm really jamming out to it i was it's not it's never a phrase anyone should say i take it <laughs> back immediately uh i told you guys off mic before we were taping that i had the flu recently mm-hmm. and i like ken burns in general but like the flu really brings out my love of ken burns and james bond movies uh i just i watch the civil war baseball extensively and then yeah. i watch roger moore kick some butt like, that, that is how i cope with being in bed for a week you like the uh, Roger Moore, James Bond. So I, my favorite, well, Connery is the defining one, and then my favorites are him and Brosnan, and so then when I had the flu this time, I was like, why don't I reevaluate Roger Moore some? And I, I think he's great now. Like, I, I think I, like, finally get him as an older person. I don't know if okay. that makes sense, but, like, like I was watching For Your Eyes Only, and he, like, did something like, there's a random part in For Your Eyes Only where this, like, very young figure skater, like, like, propositions him and tries to hook up with him, and he like backs off like why would any person do that and i was like oh he's like a mature bond like he's a a bond who's like an adult in the real world yeah oh my god now it all makes sense why he's good great is it because that those
0: ones were made in the 70s and and you know there's like women's lib and all that kind of thing and it's like eh, james bond is kind of speaking of dinosaurs am i right sure (laughs) sure (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, see, Tyler wanted to ask you about uh, your favorite Bonds. I wanted to ask you about your favorite uh, Ken Burns documentaries because uh, I've never seen the baseball one. I love Civil War. Yeah. But the one I always recommend to people if they haven't seen it is the nat- the, the National Parks. It's I so good. I have
2: not seen that one. It's, it's, one of the, it's like 10 or 12 hours long. It's one of the really long ones. Oh, oh boy. So I've got good. that lined up, and I just started his Roosevelt's one. Oh, yeah, that's a good, a good one, too, tiff, which has mm. been great so far.
1: The one I would say that was a bit of a letdown to me specifically because the subject matter was so fascinating to me, but it just seemed uh, shallow was the prohibition one. Uh, Maybe because I've not seen that either. There's a lot. It's a mere four hours. So for Ken Burns, it's like, oh, he barely skimmed the surface of prohibition. (laughs) 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 Uh, But uh, that one did kind of let me down a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay. It does feel like there's a lot of material to mine there. And so for a guy who can get. 12 hours out of a single sport. Uh-huh. You'd think that, like, the thing that w- the, the the era that launched, you know, Al Capone and everything that we associate with gangsterism mm-hmm. uh, would get more than four hours out yeah. of it. You know what? I haven't seen it, but I'm disappointed.
1: It was probably just like a between
0: projects thing
1: for him. <laughs> he just, <laughs> like, crapped out a prohibition yeah. documentary.
0: The way some between. directors, like, get, you know, it's like, I need some money, I'll direct a commercial. <laughs> right. You know,
2: he it's cranks like, out a four hour um, miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Like I'll do the big, sexy, the national parks <laughs> for the studio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and uh, what else beyond him? I I like animation quite a bit. Um. I like sketch quite a bit. Whenever whenever there's a great show of that. Um. I don't, I feel dumb just saying I like comedies and dramas too. It feels yeah. way too broad. But yeah. Um. What uh, was the,
1: is are, is there a good sketch comedy show
2: on now? um i mean there's I, I i guess i see most of it on the internet now but okay. i i've okay. been going back to key and peel just because i feel like it was like underappreciated despite people knowing how good it was at the time like yeah. it's so well done like the execution's mm-hmm. perfect almost every time I, I don't i still don't know how they did it other than being very talented and hard-working
1: <laughs> yeah but they clearly had like people great collaborators beyond them because the so much of the filmmaking is so good on Mm -hmm. people you know what I mean it's not just yeah um, it's not just you know even if it's like the, the difference between early kids in the hall, which is great because it's the kids in the hall they are the funniest, but then like later kids in the hall when they had uh, what's her name? I forget her name who went on to direct brain candy when she was directing yeah. their big, like filmic pieces. It, it just made kids in the hall even better because now it's like, wow, Weird. these are like little short films that are absurdly hilarious.
2: Yeah. Do you have a favorite Keen peel sketch? I think so. Yeah, there's one. Um, I think it's just called like retired military specialist is the official name, but it, it's a pr- it's that great action movie trope that's very like specific to Rambo. And yes, I mean MacGruber's parodying it, but like <laughs> all these few very specific movies where there's like this action hero who's now living in a, in a cabin by himself because he's done with that life. He's <laughs> not gonna hurt people, <laughs> and then the colonel comes back for like one last mission. But it turns out the colonel is there to just ask him for like tips on people because yeah. no, you're way too old. To be doing that, like I'm just here for tips. You can continue to live in the cabin, and so then he takes it personally and starts like trying to challenge the colonel. to stuff, and he ends up just like he's like, "No, just shoot me!" And then he shoots him, and he's just like, "Ah!" you shot. Like he's just, it's great. It's really he says he's good gonna turn like on deflect this. the bullet or something like that, and just get shot in the
0: in the chest, yeah, or something.
2: And I'm realizing it's a very physical sketch. So as I try to describe right. it, it's pretty hard. But yeah, he's like he's like, "Just shoot me!" And then he does this like body tilting move of like I just stopped it, and then immediately freezes <laughs> in pain. Because he's been shot with a bullet, it's it's perfect. Yeah.
0: Did you see the one about um, Gremlins Two? Oh yeah. Where they are planning out Gremlins Two oh, and all yeah. the different yeah. kinds of Gremlins. And it's just and that and Jordan Peele plays like a Misha Taylor from Mannequin type who's just like going around and just saying like whatever kind of Gremlin you think of is what we're gonna do. And by the end they just talk about like the spider gremlin and Hulk Hogan showing up and all this kind of gremlin, the vegetable gremlin, really smart gremlin. And, uh, and then the guy at the head of the table is like, by the way, of course, none of that's going to be in the movie. And then it just, a title title card card. says like, that was all in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I can't tell. Do you think that sketch is affectionate for gremlins Two? I refuse
1: to see it as anything other than affectionate because I love gremlins Two. Yeah. I see it as, uh, as urging people, hey, if you haven't seen Gremlins 2, go check it yeah. out. It's, it's vet- great. crazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: There's a vegetable Gremlin in it. It's yeah. A- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, why? Well, that, because that's a good question. I feel like it has to be affectionate just because if you don't love that movie, why would you ever bother <laughs> That's right, true. Yeah. to go down the road of writing the sketch and the first, like, why would That's you even true. get there? Yeah.
0: It could be like, you know, uh, who I was talking to somebody recently. They said that, uh, that Darren Aronofsky's mother, like he described it as his howl, like his angry screed against, you know, whatever. And, uh, Maybe that's maybe they hate gremlins too and that's their <laughs> howl that's that saying. Like, this movie's ridiculous and we're going to show how ridiculous it is. Um, but yeah, I I I adore it. It almost seems like it's a different genre than the first one. Like oh, the first yeah. one is more overt horror and uh, with like family friendly and the second one is just absurd comedy.
1: Well, I think the first Gremlins is a Joe Dante film of a Chris Columbus script mm-hmm. whereas gremlins 2 feels like joe dante's movie through and through yes and apparently that like you know warner brothers wanted him to make a sequel there's a reason yeah. it's like seven years between the two movies he yeah. didn't want to make a sequel and eventually he was like all right yeah well he, as long as we get
0: to do it my way yeah he punished them yeah. for wanting but another movie this
1: is my favorite I I, I I had a list in my head at one point of sequels like that where because my least favorite kind of sequel is just we're going to tell them we're going to tell the same story again in a different place. Or like, you know, build up the dumb jokes that were popular. Like the Austin powers too. I hate it so much. And I love Austin powers. I love the first Austin powers so much. The second one I hate because it's just cranking up all the stupid shit that the dumbest people (laughs) like dumb people made Austin powers, a home video hit. And so then they made a sequel that was just all the dumb shit. And that bothers me because so much of the first Austin powers is really smart and really weird. Anyway, so my favorite kind of sequel is the one where it's like, all right, well, this one was successful. Let's see what we can get away with, which is why, yeah, Gremlins 2 and the other one I always talk about is Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, where it's like, all right, let's the first one's about time travel. Okay, in this one, we're going to kill them <laughs> 10 minutes into the movie, and then it's their journey through the afterlife. And they're going to, you know, th- there's going to be references to Ingmar Bergman, and uh, Psychotic Easter Bunny and
0: all this all this crazy stuff. I uh, I love that movie. I still like Batman Returns where oh, Tim yeah. Burton it's like, "Oh, I, such, the first Batman was so successful." And they're like, "You can just do whatever you want." It's like, "Really?" <laughs> What's your take on German silent film? Yeah. Because I'm going to have a character named after the guy who played Count Orlok in uh, Nosferatu. Yeah. What do you think of that?
1: Also, I've got some... I'm not going to show Batman at all for the first half hour of the movie, and I've got some psychosexual shit I kind of need to work out.
0: <laughs> that's kind of what Tim Burton was doing with Batman Returns. Now, when you picture the penguin, do you picture black bile coming out of his mouth at all times? Because yeah. that's what I'm imagining yeah. uh, with my with my film. Anyway, enough of that. Um, so... Uh, So would you consider yourself uh, a a movie fan? Uh, Most people do, but do you consider yourself that?
2: yeah I think so I mean I one thing about uh working at crack and also some other places I've been like I've been around people who are such movie fans and so knowledgeable about it I I almost hesitate to call myself that like it's mm-hmm. the same thing with uh I don't know comics like I, I read comics I enjoy comics and then there are people who know so much more than me yeah. I feel like like yeah. how can I even say him but yes I think I'm a movie fan I think I'm pretty knowledgeable <laughs> and I'm uh, the exact same about comics by the way yeah 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 like I'll like, I know I like them, but I just know there's levels of like, yeah, I need to like go to a mountaintop and learn from like a guru before I'm ready to, you know, anyway, uh, that was a long way to say, yeah, movies, man,
1: <laughs> let's do it. So what, uh, what are the, what are some of your favorites? Uh, when someone asks you that question that everyone hates, what's your favorite movie? What do you say?
2: I not to, not to just read a tweet. I did, but <laughs> like a month or two ago, I was thinking about that and i thought like I, like my official favorite list would be and i actually like these movies but like uh, godfather lawrence of arabia uh raising arizona um there's a couple others that will come to mind later but and then also i have like just weird stuff that i like all of the beatles movies i've seen uh, probably seven or eight times a piece uh i really really really, really like interstellar hmm. it's just great just a phenomenal movie Interesting. I'm not um, a big Interstellar fan, but I want to go back to the Beatles thing.
1: Oh,
0: let's do okay. it. Yeah, Beatles, we'll lo- and then we'll get to Interstellar okay. in a moment. I love a Hard yeah. Day's
1: Night. I've seen Help. I've seen what other ones? The really I the think. other one's Yellow Submarine. Yeah. They, uh, they also yeah, did
2: like a TV special, magical mystery tour, and, and a few oh, others. Oh, that's right. I haven't like seen that. I've seen Yellow Submarine, stuff, but
1: and I've seen Help. Neither one of those did much for me. I love Hard Day's Night,
2: but uh, yeah, it's definitely and that's definitely like the f- the finest movie. Like, it is the yeah. the most uh, actually good. Uh, I lo- I love all of them. The part of okay. help yeah. that I,
1: my friend uh Billy and I used to, even though we, we didn't understand what it even was, but the part like laughing down their sleeves. Do you remember that? They're just like <laughs> laughing and they're like, oh, 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 like laughing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. I, to this day, I don't know exactly what they're doing there, but my friend Billy and I did that for years. I think watched help. <laughs>
2: have any theories as to why they laughed down their sleeves yeah i i am pretty confident it's like a bit they came up with when they were all stuck in a hotel on tour in life and oh, okay. then it just snuck in i see okay <laughs> like I, I, I haven't like read a biography that confirms that it just seems like it's probably what's going on yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably like an oral history
0: somewhere on uh, split cider or something about that, uh, that yeah little bit. so i do I like know,
2: that part of help when i have i do know a hard day's night the origin of that other than just their lives as the Beatles and stuff um, was there was a screenwriter named Alan Owen, A-L-U-N, Owen And he was just like a hired hand for this studio that was like, the Beatles are famous. We can make a movie with them. Let's do it. And he got to spend like a day and a half with them in Ireland. That was like the blocked off time of they're on tour here and you can go spend some time with them so you know how to write the movie. And then he just figured out like this whole uh, just a relationship and vibe for all of them in a movie that works really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of amazing what he was able to do, and then uh, uh, Richard Lester directing it does a lot of like proto music video stuff mm-hmm. that really, really works. Like it, it still holds up as fast paced and interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I was thinking about a Hard Day, a Hard Day's Night because we were talking recently about Tony Richardson's Tom Jones, which was the year before a Hard Day's Night. Oh, okay. But has a lot of the same filmic comedic sensibility in terms of like occasionally like looking at the camera or like things being sped up or like having silly music or like,
2: yeah, yeah. It,
1: yeah. Uh, it seems like that was just in vogue, I guess, in in England in the early to mid sixties. Uh, that,
2: that makes sense. I never yeah. thought of that. When did Benny Hill come about? I know so little about Benny Hill. I only know like two or three cultural tropes. Yeah. Of, like, I know the music and yeah.
0: things speeding up and like, harassing women
2: basically. Yeah. Him him in a dress and that's all about all I know about it. Yeah.
0: And and him like as a cop or something or like with a cabby hat and he gives like a sideways salute that's all I have. (laughs) Sixty nine.
2: What was that? Sixty nine. So after all Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So what you so what we're
0: saying is that Tom Jones invented Benny Hill. Invented Benny Hill. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With help from the Beatles. Okay. I could see it. Yeah. That sounds sounds good. Um now you wanted to talk about Interstellar. Interstellar. Yes. Okay. A film that uh was not necessarily beloved at the time. Nope. Uh, I am not a huge, huge fan of it, but I was impressed by it. Cause I forget how good of a general storyteller Christopher Nolan can be. What, you know, as you were listing movies, Godfather, Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia, and then a few others. And then interstellar comes along. What is it about interstellar that you like so much? And it's, I don't mean to be uh, no, uh, adversarial.
2: Or I brought it up. Uh, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it really, really works as like a piece of art about uh, love. It just, it just works for me, um, and and then also has. Uh, a lot of uh, probably terrifyingly prescient stuff about where America's going, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I constantly think about that scene where uh, early on Matthew McConaughey is having a parent teacher conference and the teachers are saying like, we kicked her out of class because she claimed the Apollo landings really happened. And just like budget wise yeah. and federal policy wise, we need to tell the kids they didn't happen. Yeah. And, uh, like I would take my kid out of school too man mm-hmm. holy cow <laughs> like that that really uh, resonated with me as a thing and then like the reverse version for people who feel otherwise happens to them you know and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it, there's just all kinds of fascinating moments in it fascinating character work it has fun robots like it has yeah. robots that are uh, that are in their design, in their voice, in their interpersonal relationships with humans. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, fully formed things that I haven't seen anywhere else. That was maybe one of my favorite. TARS,
0: I believe, is the name of the, the yeah. robot voice by Bill Irwin. And then there's Case is the other one, I think. Yes. Yeah. And just such a unique design. Because, you know, when we think of robots, we just think of like, okay, they're going to be vaguely humanoid. And this is just, no, it's... It's whatever it needs to be, yeah. And I remember being like, "Okay, all right." because by that time, you know, us we uh, asshole film people <laughs> were just like, ah, you know, he'd done The Dark Knight Rises uh-huh. right before, and like we were kind of souring on on Nolan. And I think some people thought that Interstellar was really convoluted, but like in moments like that, you're just like, "Oh, right, he is a v- he's a very talented and very special filmmaker," and just the fact that he. I think there are moments when he sees potential in genre that other filmmakers don't see. Yes. And I think Interstellar very much is that. And it's that kind of thing that you don't see a lot in modern uh, sci-fi is the idea, like the, the Solaris thing or the 2001 thing where it's like, where it brings in metaphysical. It's not purely it's like, yes, there's science, but we're also going to try to delve into like some of the more unexplainable things <clears> and just kind of embrace it. And yeah, that's absolutely. something that I really appreciate about it.
1: Here's, I'm not a big fan of Interstellar, but I do like, it belongs to a subgenre of movies that I like to call surprise Matt Damon. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause if you think yeah. that there are a number of movies that he shows up in, that's true. there's and, like, and and guess, doesn't
2: it work? It yeah. works amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah. guess there
1: was just Thor, Thor Ragnarok, which I didn't see. That's right. Yeah. But I guess he was, he was in that. There's, uh, Um, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, very
2: uh, humorously, too.
1: Yes, very much so. Um, There's, like, Chasing Amy and, like, the... um, like the, the Kevin oh. Smith, uh, James Howell Bob, he shows up in that. There's, there's another one that is Oh, um, U- new. Euro
2: Eurotrip. Eurotrip, that's right. He's randomly yes. like the lead singer of a weird band Yeah. For some exactly. reason. I never
1: saw that. See, there's, this, there's so many surprise Matt Damon movies. <laughs> it should be. I'm, I'm going to make a letterbox list, I think. Yeah, I'm glad
2: you break it up. That is a genre, <laughs> isn't it? And it really um, works. <laughs> and, he's, and he
0: is very effective in Interstellar. Like mm-hmm. His first moment when he just wakes up, sees people, and just starts crying, Like it's a really effective... Uh, emotional moments and uh, and then yeah. for him to be revealed as a type of villain I think is uh, really interesting I like that Matt Damon is willing to play not merely villains but specific types of villains that you're like I want this person dead <laughs> like, you know there's no like I've said this it's been years since I've said it but in The Departed like Nicholson is like the villain ah, I just love to hate him whereas like the Weasley Matt Damon is just like, I just don't like that guy. And like his <laughs> willingness to be those characters is something that I think for a leading man, uh, very admirable. I like, yeah.
1: it, this is going to sound weird. Cause was, for some reason I was just thinking about edge of tomorrow mm. <laughs> and about how Tom Cruise is so willing to come across as a coward. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? True, and I was true, thinking, true, so true. I was thinking about this idea of like, yeah, like leading like movie stars who aren't, who, who aren't too vain, to play those kind of roles Uh, with Matt Damon, I think more of true grit. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) How how I like, yeah, yeah, how how silly he is in that. But yeah, there's, there's some, I think, I think that like a lot of the reason that I have over in recent years, soured on Robert Downey Jr. is because I feel like he's very much not that. I think he is Mm. way too self-conscious and way too playing the slick version. Like even when he's in the judge or in, Chef, or whatever, he's just playing Tony Stark. Like, Tony Stark is all he does now. Um, and it kind of annoys me.
2: <laughs> I sort of I wish like, he was, like, literally Tony Stark in the movie. <laughs> like, <just laughs> right,
1: suddenly, yeah. Iron Man comes and goes. <laughs> but I want to see, like, I know the movie's not great, but I want to see more of, like, the natural born killers type of thing where he's just yeah. an asshole and he's a slime, slime and he's doing
0: ball. doing this very odd Australian accent for yeah. no particular reason. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? No, yeah. But I, yeah, there are words that I now. Like think of uh, in his when, he, when he's talking about the, all the towns and, uh, you know, running through Shiprock, Sheep Springs, Cortez and ending in Gallup, New Mexico. <laughs> so I, like, whenever I see like Gallup, New Mexico on a map, I hear it in uh, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s lame Australian accent.
0: Does that come up a lot?
1: (laughs) I guess I, yeah, I see Gallup, New Mexico. Yeah. Or remember (laughs) I think about, uh, okay. I I have to tell you, I'm sure you know, Tyler, I have seen natural born killers so many times. I know the movie mostly by heart. So when he, there are other things when he talks about, uh, repetition works, David repetition works, David. He says it twice as a joke. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. He says, uh, this is Elton John confessing his bisexuality to rolling stone. (laughs)
0: I know every word of the movie. Okay, so, all right. I've seen it maybe once or twice, and even I've by- seen it dozens of times. Yeah, but haven't you outgrown it? No, yeah, I haven't
1: seen it since I was in high school, probably. Yeah, which but is, is the perfect age. It is burned into my memory. Oh, every boy. line of that movie is burned into my memory. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> <sighs>
0: God help you! All I did was wow. watch that
1: movie from like eighth to eleventh grade.
0: <laughs> is that that brings something up? I'd be curious to know about. So uh, I don't know how uh, how old you are, but uh, as an American uh, male, my guess is in high school. Yeah, you probably watched movies that were just like so so fucking dumb, but like <laughs> but you thought like oh this is so great, oh. like you know. Here's the thing. I think that Joel Schumacher's Falling Down is a genuinely good movie, but I now think it for the exact opposite reason that I thought in high school. Because hmm. in high school, I thought like Michael Douglas's character's like, oh yeah, man, and now I realize like, oh no, he's an asshole yeah. and he's crazy. That's why Duvall is there, to be the good guy. Right. Um, so, like, did you have any... I, I, rea- I realize I contextualized sure, it to sure. make you sound
2: bad, but uh, do you have any instances of that? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, because the first thing... I. I it's not a good story for this because I remember freshman year of college just boondock saints being passed around among people and I was the one guy on the floor who was like why did people like this? don't get it Uh, so that doesn't fit Um, I'm trying to think okay so I had a friend who showed me The Matrix um, after it was in theaters I missed it in theaters and I was like oh this is pretty deep and I still think the first Matrix is like a solid movie Uh, and then he also showed me one called The 13th Floor I never saw that with Gretchen Maul and Gretchen Bierko Oh. Yeah. and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it. Yeah. And it's uh, it has elements of that matrix thing where like reality is sort of bendy and there's a technological element. And yeah. if I remember right, everything's green all the time. And that yes. like that look, you know, and I thought it was the one of the deepest films I've ever seen at the time. And I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I'm sure it's probably <laughs> I haven't seen it since, but I'm sure it's probably like fine. It's probably like okay even
0: matrix probably is is simplified a lot like i've watched yeah. i love it i think matrix is great yeah, yeah and yeah. and some of the stuff i think one of the reasons that people didn't respond to the later films is because they were willing to go deeper thematically whereas that first one pretty simplified especially like the christ analogy stuff
1: but i don't know i, yeah. I don't even know if they did go deeper i kind of and I they love, went more complicated. I, I love, love the that. Matrix movies. No, I think they just went. They just started throwing in more philosophical stuff. Okay, I don't think I, I don't think the Matrix movies are really exploring philosophy so much as just like name checking a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and I, I kind of felt that way about as well. Again, I love Lost the TV I you're series. Say that, yeah, but uh, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to why. Like, well, first he's named Locke, John Locke. Then he's Jeremy Bentham. It's like, yeah, yeah but what he's saying doesn't have any, like his points of view don't line up with that. Uh, You're just naming characters after (laughs) philosophers.
0: And this character's name is Rousseau and oh, she's not really that (laughs) developed. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't Um, really mean much.
1: Yeah. And there was, there (laughs) there was a lot of that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, Yeah. And I, I I think I I, I love, I mean, the first matrix I think works just uh, as much as I hate the uh, who's the, the story structure, Joseph Joseph Campbell. Uh, Campbell. Joseph Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Like as much as I hate how well that works, like I want because, because people become cultish about it. There's actually a documentary about, yeah. about it that I uh, like, So like George Lucas, people like that become cultish about like, no, Joseph Campbell knew everything about it. It's like, no, it, I just, it, the structure works. And yeah. the matrix is one of the perfect examples of that. Joseph Campbell structure. Yeah. That along um, with
0: like star Wars. Yeah. Which yeah. might be the, perfect version of that, but
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, Well and the matrix felt so novel At the time, too, maybe just because I hadn't seen very many movies, but it 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 felt like such an original thing. Like any sequel, just couldn't have that advantage. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like it's just going to be, oh well, yes, I've seen the Matrix thing, and now you just added like twins with dreadlocks. I'm not. It's not doing anything for me. Come on. (laughs) But yeah,
1: I think I I think it was kind of for American audiences. It was. I mean, obviously the Bullet Time thing was new to everyone, but in general, the idea of Cause we don't have like wuxia films, which are right. like the Kung Fu films that have like sure, magic yeah. stuff in them. Like, like Crouching Tiger was the next year. Right. Yeah. When which was, was was running on.
2: Yeah. Everybody here was like, Oh my God. But it was probably well known in <laughs> Asia. They were like, yeah. Oh, and I, I know, wonder sure. how much
1: like the matrix prepared
2: people for something like Crouching That's Tiger. True. Cause it was like, yeah. it was like, yeah, it's, kung fu it's martial arts and stuff but also they can kind of fly uh yeah and bullet time there another one that i thought was really incredible in high school and probably doesn't hold up is equilibrium never saw that either which i have never seen but i know but so many people said like you got to see it. And then I, (laughs) I I didn't, but, uh, it's probably pretty good. It it's like, um, it's sort of, it's elements of Fahrenheit 451 with like the destruction of old culture. And then, uh, not even old culture, just like books, uh, and then elements of brave new world where everybody's medicated. And then elements of the matrix where it's all like gun Kung Fu. I think they call it like gun Kata in the movie where it's a thing like, Oh, you learn this thing where you can do a hand to hand martial art where you're also holding pistols the whole time. And so, so you're like doing this hand to hand martial art where you knock the pistols away kind of thing, and uh, uh, Christian <laughs> are Bale, they Sean Bean shooting uh, them at all? Or? <laughs> it's like it's like they are trying to shoot each other and just barely knocking it out of the way, like every half second or so, in a very uh, choreographed ballet sort of way. Yeah, just take a couple <laughs> steps back.
1: But that reminded remind me of a yeah. movie that I really love that I made you come to see with me, directed by Christian Duguay. Sorry, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I know. It's called The Art of War. Yeah, I know. And there's a part where Wesley Snipes and Michael Bean are in a gunfight in like a <laughs> like an elevator, whatever you call that chain. Like where all the. Like
2: a shaft or.
1: A- no, no. Where like. Uh, the where the bank of elevators are like if you're at a hotel oh, like like a, where like there's a like four or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're in that. Yeah. And they're just, they're just shooting at each other from like <laughs> 25 feet away <laughs> and they keep missing each other. Cause they're like rolling across the ground. And I thought, I thought it was very cool. I really like that right. movie. <laughs> that guy's got a new movie out. What uh, is it? Christian to it is a, couldn't be more different. It's a, a French, um, world war two Holocaust type movie called, uh, uh, a bag of marbles or Un Sac de
0: um, it's not bad. Wow. I know of that movie. I would not have guessed that it's the same guy the who guy made, who the, made, art made of the Art of War yep. with Wesley Snipes and yep. Michael Bean and Michael Bean and Maury Chakin. Yes, that I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> there are worse movies out there that, that we saw. But for some reason, that one, because you insisted. Yeah. Like. Yeah, no. Okay. Sorry. To, well,
2: sorry. Do you, you guys go back as far as high school or even further? Or?
0: Uh,
1: we knew each other while we were both in high school. We didn't go to high school together. It's kind of okay, complicated. Okay. We went to high school on different sides of Missouri, different sides of the state. Yeah. But then we did go to college oh, you're together. From Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I'm from Missouri. He, he was living in Missouri when I met him. He's from yes.
0: California. I'm from California. Then I lived in Colorado. And then three years in Missouri.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Cool.
0: Um, but I am from. Uh, oh, right, Fans, yes so that checks out
1: um no yes the art of war is maybe the dumbest movie that i insisted on us seeing the worst movie we saw which is 100% your fault yeah, which I is know. why i don't bring it up very often i know so um tyler used to have a problem with punctuality i don't know if it's i i haven't noticed it as much that's still it, around in recent years. That's still around. Okay. Um,
2: on time today. It, uh, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that, maybe that, that's why we recorded your yeah, house. It so you can't us, be late. Oh, uh, well, so, um, <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, no, um, you and, uh, our friend Keith and I had plans to go see shadow of the vampire. Yeah. And you showed up too late for us to get to, sh- to Shadow of the Vampire before the movie started. And so we went to see whatever was starting next, which was 15 Minutes, starring Al Pacino, Ed Burns, Kelsey Grammer. It was De
0: Niro. Oh, was it De Niro? I can't De Niro hear. and Ed Burns and Kelsey Grammer, and that movie is horrible. It's so bad. I, what's it about? I don't, I don't remember. Uh, that, okay,
1: so they're arson investigators, right? <laughs> Isn't there something like that? <laughs>
0: it's something like and Kelsey that. Kelsey yeah.
1: Grammer is like a uh, talking like a, a news,
0: <laughs> cable news host, right? That's where the 15 minutes comes from, like 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, so like oh. he's, you know, there's a, and the arsonist or the murderer or whatever he is, is, is like turned into sort of a, it's very natural born killers in certain ways, like, okay. uh, except somehow dumber. Um, and big, but also, not at all. Like, natural
1: born killers, again, I don't want to sound like I'm just defending the movie, but it's a satire. It is, yes. 15 minutes, like, there's, it feels like it's the, the, this is how I felt favorite. about Reality Bites, by the way, is it feels like it's the screenplay of a satire that someone then made completely straight faced.
0: Great. Which, which could, could be, be great. <laughs>
2: but, uh, well, it's no. an yeah, airplane. That's what they did. It's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, so let's see. So, what movies have you seen recently? that you liked or didn't like
2: sure uh i actually i was pretty behind on the shape of water and okay. it really worked for me i it did th- i think okay. it was really well done like yeah. i'm i'm pleased it won a lot of awards yeah they just did a great job
0: yeah uh listeners real quick over at uh, more than one lesson my other podcast josh and i do talk about about out in our in our about shape of water uh as a picture winner um i don't think either of us would have preferred that it won, but it's, we're perfectly fine that it did. It is a visually gorgeous film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it's like, it's such a, it's a pretty perfect execution of like a fairy tale for adults. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of mystical elements. There's a lot of romance to it, like a fairy tale. And also it's like, grown people. Like they have actual sexual desires and there's really a cold war going on. And I don't know. It it was, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Within the first few minutes when we see Sally Hawkins, like routine and we see her
0: rather comically masturbating in her, (laughs) in her tub within the first couple minutes, I thought like, okay, all right, I need to, like, because I'd I'd heard about like the fairy tale element of it, and yeah. then in that moment, I was like, okay, so there's going to be a different kind of thing. And my guess is, knowing Del Toro, it's like there's going
2: to be some violence. Okay, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> F- fingers being bitten off and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. His like fingers turning. Bl- Michael Shannon's fingers turning black. Yeah. The movie was uh, <sighs> very cool, real cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I, I saw uh, a wrinkle in time, which, uh, it didn't particularly work for me. I also realized like I read that book uh, uh, as a kid and I don't remember the book very well. Hmm. So like, I don't, I don't know if I needed to remember the book well to fully appreciate it. But. And I never read the book yeah, and, I, and I liked
0: the movie. Same for the most here. Part. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the people that I know that did not care for it wound up like having a, they had a great memory of the book and they said, ah, it's not like that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, and that was the, uh, so my other, my other podcast is a uh, Christian based and we've been on, we, I haven't been doing it for months and then wrinkle in time, uh, inspired me to, to, to talk about it cause I thought it was really interesting. And also a lot of my, uh, fellow Christian commentators, uh, Felt the need to bash the movie because it, it removed some of the more overt Christian elements of the book, oh, okay. and uh, and I just thought like assholes, just let the movie be what it is instead of you insisting that it's this other thing. Like a guy that I happened to know and actually went to church with at some point wrote a uh, uh, an article in which the the title of which was like you know why does Hollywood keep like raping Christian things <laughs> you know I was like oh, I almost said his first name people you can figure it out but yeah he's somebody that I know and never particularly got along with but I, I think that that article is like okay I'm doing an episode about this I haven't done one in four months but I'm coming back and doing it now
1: I oh, think man if th- there's a lot of things we need to take away from the me too and time's up and all that <laughs> stuff one of them needs to be let's just a moratorium mm-hmm. on using the word rape to describe anything but rape. Yeah. Because it, never, it, it never comes across when giant yeah. Depp talks about like the paparazzi yeah. feeling like rape. It's like, man, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we're hitting so many stories about Absolutely. people actually yeah, being yeah. raped.
2: Let's just yeah. chill. We on have other him. words. <laughs> Exploit. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's good. Yeah. No, I, like a hundred percent. And I, cause I think we'll get there. Like we'll get rid of it. But I think it's like, that now is like, uh, like calling things gay was in the nineties. Yeah. yeah. You know? right. Like yeah. people would just casually call things gay as just uh-huh. like, like an insult to it and then realize like, Oh, right. That's a thing. People are, and maybe I should be thoughtful. <laughs> right. Yes, I think so, we're yeah. getting there with this next thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It was, uh, it's interesting. So I, uh,
0: I was TAing uh, at school and, uh, talking with the the kids about like various movements in film. And I talked about like, you know, the, over the last 20 years, like the emergence of like queer cinema but I'm old enough to remember that, like, queer is like, no, that's a thing you don't say. And so for me to then— oh, sure. But that's the official term it's, now. Yeah,
2: it's sort of been claimed, I get the sense. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah.
0: But for me, to say it, like, in front yeah. of a room full of kids, I immediately say like, sorry, that's— that's what it's called now. And it's like, well, they're probably fine with it. Right. But yeah, right. Being my age. It's like, no, 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 no. You don't say that. That's a neat. That's a mean thing to say. Um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, eh, yeah. This cinema is totally queer. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. So, <laughs>
0: Uh, I guess yeah. if you say it like that, it's not right. You just great. sprout Red Sox gear all of a sudden. <laughs> somehow,
1: like, yeah. whipping
2: batteries and people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, see, now you're getting your sports fandoms mixed up. Don't they whip that's, batteries? That's, that's Philadelphia. The, the yeah. story. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, Sorry, I, I should really
2: have assumed yeah, the worst thing at champs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you? And you, you see, so you teach. Do you do that? I. Uh, are you TA? I'm, are you, I'm working towards teaching. I'm uh, not to blow up your spot if it's not something you talk about. But oh no, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It uh, Yeah. I
0: just, I don't have my master's yet. I just finished my last paper two hours ago so that I will get my master's so that I can then teach. But, yes, I've been TAing for the last
2: year. Oh, man. So lots of fun. I feel honored that you like knocked it out in time for this, you know. Like, yeah, I
0: was like, I was like, I can't, nah,
2: man, it's I yeah. can't
0: talk with the head of all podcasting, uh, you know, with with a mere bachelor's degree. Maybe David can do it, but not me. I feel, you know, insufficient. <laughs> but, um, so
2: okay, I'm trying to think of what other. Uh, oh well, uh, actually, one one other movie I saw recently, which I was also behind on, Blade Runner 2049. Okay, oh, yeah. incredible. Lovely. Yeah, what a what a piece of work just like visually stunning and like they managed to build they somehow managed to build on that story which is very confusing yeah. in the yeah. first movie and they like not that not that, that was like a problem it's just like it's a really naughty interesting kind of almost self-contained story in the first movie and then they built on it it's incredible yeah yeah,
0: yeah I uh, I had written uh, uh listeners or I guess readers know that like I had written an article about being like inherently Reluctant about the new Blade Runner, just like so many movies will be a sequel or a reboot or whatever you want to call it. And just they just seem like a way of exploiting, uh-huh. see, exploiting my nostalgia. Um, and I thought that's what it was going to be. But then, yeah, it's they took a self-contained story built upon it, expanded it and even kind of ended in a way that suggested a sequel that I if they were to make it, it probably won't because it didn't make a lot of money. But like, yeah, but if they do, I'm thrilled because I want to I want to spend more time in this world now. But yeah, I mean, here's why I've stopped worrying about
1: that thing with sequels and remakes and stuff, because uh, at this point, if I say RoboCop. You know, I'm talking about the 1987 yes. Popper Open Film Robocop. No question. Even though we're only four years removed from the Jose Padilla remake. <laughs> good for you remembering his name. Oh, uh, He's got a brand new movie out, <laughs> oh, Seven okay. Days in Entebbe. Uh, oh, I'm not sure how you pronounce that That word. looked good, but it's not getting um, good reviews. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, so I, uh, that, I, that just to me, that just proves like if it, it, it's not going to have, isn't going to leave some black mark on my childhood or my nostalgia, my memory. Yeah. If the movie's good, it'll be a Blade Runner 2049. People will embrace it. If it's bad, it'll be a RoboCop 2014, <laughs> and <Yeah>. it'll disappear. <laughs> yeah,
0: they remade uh, or not remade, but they made Total Recall again. Yeah, like, that's another. And no I one remembers remember that, that at all. Yeah. nor should they.
1: Yeah. No one, I, Here's one I will stand up for. No one remembers the Poltergeist remake.
0: Um, by uh, what's his name, Gil. Oh, uh, like a year or two ago, right?
1: Uh, it was long. It was like three years ago. Oh, okay, yeah. I Is think
0: Gil Keenan? Yes, that's his name. Yeah. Um, Who made Monster
1: it, House? Yeah. It, the Poltergeist remake was actually pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I mean, Poltergeist is one of my favorite movies of all time. Certainly one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Mm. It's not going to supplant that. But the remake was not bad. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't um, seen it.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So you like you like Blade Runner. You liked
2: Interstellar. Are you a sci-fi guy? Do you enjoy I do sci-fi, like sci-fi for the most part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's in particular one when I was talking about whether I feel uh, uh, established enough in a thing to declare myself a fan of it. You know, my uh, my mom is a huge fan of sci fi and fantasy writing, especially like growing up, our house would just fill up with books like we would just need bookcases, you know, consistently. And so I like I really like sci fi and there are people who know so much more about it. Uh, But yeah, I'm into sci fi uh, and uh, especially as movies and TV. It's great. You ever read any Piers Anthony? I haven't read Piers Anthony. My mom probably has. I haven't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my my brother was like, you know, when you have an older brother, you just kind of inherent, inherit like some of their tastes, uh, at whether it be music or whatever. And so I read a lot of Piers Anthony because he read Piers Anthony. Cool. And even as a kid, I was like, ah, this kind of... Seems kind of dumb huh. to me.
2: What's his uh, deal? What kind of thing does he do?
0: The one that I read one called like kilobytes. It was one of those things where like, yeah, uh, we don't totally know what virtual reality is. So we'll, we'll just have it be whatever we want it to be. Yeah. And it actually, it's, it's it kind of uh, predates uh, elements of Ready Player One, which also doesn't seem like remarkably intelligent sci-fi to me. Uh, did you read that
2: book? I have read that book. Yeah. How is it? it really really moves like it it, it feels like <laughs> okay. i mean that as a compliment like it like it it is it pulls you along in the way like a successful like indiana jones type movie moves like he's clearly it's good that spielberg is directing the movie because yeah. this guy clearly just grew up mainlining spielberg movies yeah. and like knows how to make it move like that i didn't totally love the book um but i like i can there's some craft there and i can see what he's doing yeah
1: Um, I was reading in this week's Entertainment Weekly about Mm -hmm. Ready Player One, uh, or I guess last week's by the time you're hearing this, um, that Spielberg tried to remove as many references to his own movies, even as a producer, as as possible. There's like a DeLorean and there's like one Gremlin that shows up apparently. And everything else got removed. And to me that seems like... Well, if this guy was supposed to be obsessed with eighties pop culture, <laughs> yeah. Spielberg had a pretty. So it's weird that there's no Goonies in there or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Or Indiana like, or Jones? Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. Or ET? Uh, or yeah. ET? Yeah. yeah. All that stuff is not in there, apparently, just because Spielberg didn't want it to be. Uh, yeah, but but apparently, like right. they were saying, the production designers were saying, they had one like they had rebuilt the dime the Fratelli's diner from Goonies oh. for a thing. And Steven Spielberg made them like change it. So it wasn't the what? Fratelli's diner because he didn't want anything other than the DeLorean, which I guess was in the book. And he said he'd let them have one gremlin like graffitied on a wall somewhere. And that's it. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: I read a book. Okay. I read a lot of Peter Benchley books. Cause I love jaws so much, which by the way is one of his lesser books. But okay. uh, I read one called white shark, which is not actually about a great white shark. It's about this weird, like hybrid of like man and shark or whatever. Anyway, not a white man. man. What was
2: that? It's like a half man, half shark
0: book. I don't, it's something like that. Specifically a white man, <laughs> huh? right? Uh, no black <laughs> is night. Um, <laughs> he, yes, no, he's a white man. But anyway, uh, it's, I don't think it's even meant to be like a genetic hybrid between, but anyway, the, Wait, the point so is, you mean it's a product of love? <laughs> yeah. Well, just lust, really. I, I can't speak to the emotional state of the character. You know, um, No, it's basically it's uh, the, the character has been modified. So and his attacks, people mistake for attacks of a shark. I don't think he is shark like really at all. He's just like this monstrous thing. Look, it's a dumb thing, but the point is. Wait, did, when did this book? Did this book come out
1: before or after the uh, recurring SNL sketch Land Shark?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He does knock on a lot of doors. No, it's uh, it was like mid '90s, anyway. But the point is, in the book, uh, a character refers to Jaws. They don't refer to the book. They refer to. The the concept that there is a shark named Jaws, you know, in, in pop culture, even oh, no, though that right. was never the name of the shark. Right. Um, yeah. And so and I remember being like at first I had like this knee jerk, like, come on, man. And then I thought, like, yeah, he understands that Jaws is a cultural phenomenon, yeah. certainly more of a, as a movie than than a book. And so, like, yeah, a character in this situation would reference Jaws if they are thinking about sharks. OK. You know, and along those lines, like, yeah, for for. Spielberg to to deny like the stuff having to do with him's like look I recognize that seems humble to you but you also are now not doing justice to the world that is being created. Right. I don't know. It's yeah. uh take your cues from Peter Benchley but um, only in this instance. Yeah,
1: Peter Benchley thing reminds me of there's a Stephen King novella I can't remember the name of it. Um in which there's a character talking to a librarian and he's like, Oh, I can't handle horror stuff. I can't, I don't go in for Stephen King.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, that's, weird.
0: <laughs> I find that acceptable because he's saying, I don't like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: A little bit of a little peek into Stephen King's uh, dislike, general dislike for himself. Um, but um, now I know that we need to, yeah, start, we do ra- need to start, start wrapping, wrapping up, up oh, but right. um, I was curious about some of your work, uh, uh, on Cracked or at Cracked on Cracked how I, would I say think it? both constructions work okay. that's fine yeah in Cracked uh, <laughs> I'm curious like you know so much of the of the videos and articles and that and that sort of thing have to do with like deconstructing things that we all kind of just accept whether it be art yeah. based like in film or on TV or whatever or just general cultural conceptions how do you
2: how do you go about deciding, oh, this is a thing we want to explore. That's a good question. In terms of a thing to explore, like the, mater- the pop culture material? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, I think... Well, yeah, going back to the key and Peel gremlin's two thing, like I think most every time cracked has ever tried to to break down or break apart a genre or a specific thing it's because we like it so much mm-hmm. and so'cause and by liking it so much, we thought about it so much, so then yeah. there's the the been the the mental consideration to get into it, yeah, okay. and so
0: like the idea of and in some cases like historical things like your your yeah. video series uh, Hilarious helmet history? Yes, sir. Okay. It. Um, it's uh, like you know and in those you talk about pirates and those not necessarily being what we think they are or the yeah. Salem witch trials. Like how did you decide like these are what we're go- this is what I'm going to cover? I'm going to talk about pirates, I'm going to talk about samurais whatever it is.
2: Yeah, I um well that the very beginning of that series actually came out of partly movies because um well, in in general i wanted to make it because i love history i studied history in college and i i it's always been like probably from around middle school. I'd I'd be in a we started having separate classes for subjects. And I'd be in history class and I'd be like, "Oh, this should just be the only class I go to." Like I <laughs> I went to the rest. I didn't skip. This is on the record. Uh, but I like this is my, it's just fascinating to me because it's where everything comes from, uh, except in a scientific sense. That's the other right. one where everything comes from. Right. <laughs> um, I suppose that's all intuitive. But with um, starting that show, I, the movie Three Hundred mm. is. Really, it's a perfect adaptation of the graphic novel, but the graphic novel is as, as an art piece trying to do like, this is exactly what the Greeks thought when they were telling themselves their own story. But I think then people saw the movie and just thought, Oh, that's what happened. (laughs) No, man. Like, um, and so I thought it was there was a specifically really fascinating thing to get into with uh, who the Persians were, because yeah. that's like a thing that just uh, generally gets a lot less attention. And then from there, I realized there were so many other parts of history and parts of the story we tell ourselves about the world that we just don't examine that much or if we have examined it it's because like pop culture led us in a direction or like or in pirates cases halloween costumes led us in a direction you know um and so i i think with the crack podcast the the theme of it is that like being alive is more interesting than people think it is. There's just more to everything. Hmm. And uh, and I think history is one of my favorite places to find that.
0: And so much of it, so much of like the, the misconceptions are perpetuated by art, by yeah. movies and TV and that sort of thing, just because... And after a while, you just... You know, uh, like, uh, David, like you were saying, like with the Joseph Campbell thing, which is eventually people just adhere to the Joseph Campbell thing because they always have. Mm -hmm. And this is just what people, what we all assume is the best way to tell a story. Uh, And it might be effective in certain types of stories, but it doesn't mean that's the only thing you can do. And so along those lines, like, okay, look, we all know what pirates are, right? I mean, we know about it because of this uh, picture from, you know, somebody, an illustration from treasure Island or something. Uh, But beyond that, uh, but because we all know that that's just what we're going to do because we don't have the energy (laughs) to delve into what a pirate actually was. And so I feel like that's, it's something that I find really fascinating. I, when Jen and I were in Switzerland, we were, we went to a number of castles and it was really awesome to see these old castles. And one of them had like a, a side, like a side of the castle was like white, had like plaster on it. And I remember being like, that's I don't know why they did that. That's weird. And just as I was walking up to it in the little headset that I was listening to, I'm sorry, they were not Tweak audio, uh, earbuds. So I couldn't hear it quite as well. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, we got to get museums on it. Yeah, (laughs)
0: They they give you that weird
2: plastic thing. We need something good.
0: (laughs) Uh, but yeah. And so, uh, as I walk up, they said like, you might notice that this wall is covered in a plaster-type substance. Uh, in actuality, every castle wall looked like that. <laughs> uh, oh, right! But, like, yeah, they, you know—castles would get very cold, and so we, would, they, those walls would be covered with this material. So it wasn't plaster, but it was something like that. It would be covered as insulation, but and then over the years, like that would just chip off, leaving the stone castles, but and so that's what filmmakers would see and that's right. what, and that's what, you know, right. often painters would see. And so then that's what they would depict when, and so they're not, and to the point now that I would look at how a castle would actually have looked at the time. I'm like, Ugh, I don't like that at all. That doesn't look at all <laughs> uh, like yeah. I imagined it. And, yeah. and I guess that's kind of what's <laughs> happening with, uh, to go back to, you know, the beginning of the, the show, that's what's happening with dinosaurs now as well. You know, yeah. People talk about how like dinosaurs probably had like a lot of them probably had feathers, uh, including like the T-Rex and, you know
2: yeah to give to give jurassic world some credit yeah. there's that there's like a stray line where bd wong is t- talking about like what they did to get the park open and he mentions yeah. like we even genetically engineered the dinosaurs sound to make them look like what people think they look like yeah which is oh, like smart bit because yeah like you say yeah. it's uh maybe completely different yeah. like maybe t-rex was a lame scavenger instead of like yeah. like hunting you know yeah. a feathered scavenger yeah it's it's so tyrannical uh,
0: Yeah. admittedly you know if you saw like a feathered thing come up to you and be like oh that's not very frightening at all so I understand why they would do that but at the same time yeah I feel like I think it's arguable whether any dinosaur in a movie that is that's meant to be like frightening I think it's arguable yeah. if any dinosaur is ever going to look the way scientists now say dinosaurs looked
2: like on screen Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if we'll get there yeah I don't know anyway, so uh okay, but uh well we yeah let's
1: thank you so much for coming and talking movies and airports and dinosaurs and all yeah, kinds of no, thank stuff. you thank you guys it's been a blast I yeah appreciate this, it. Is, this is totally fun. I love these uh freewheeling episodes yeah uh, <laughs> you can find us you know you can find us at dot you can email us david battleship Went a little too fast. David at BattleshipPretension.com or Tyler at BattleshipPretension.com. I'm on Twitter at DaveyPretension. Tyler's on Twitter at Tyler Pretension.
0: Uh You already mentioned what's going on in More Than One Lesson. Yes, All we right. talk about, uh, in what was meant to be a mini-sode, we talked for 55 minutes about uh, the shape of water.
2: And Alex, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Alex AlexSchmitty on Twitter and then AlexSchmitty.com. Great, and, and of course, cracked. Yes. We're and of course, cracked in yes, charge yes. of all podcasting. Yes. <laughs> yes. The lord Forever of all <laughs> podcasting. It's hereditary. It
1: it we'll go, go of all to all podcasting. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks again for coming, and thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.